to read in the word of God, to learn how to practically apply scripture to our lives. Um, like I said before, um, this is One Love Live at Love Walk, and you are welcome. I'd like to invite you to grab your Bible now, and we're going to go into the word, um, and we're going to read about some things that I think are really quite uh, important toward uh, growing in the word of God. And I think it's really important for us, you know, if you have some time in the morning, you know, but if you don't have time in the morning to read at least one or two scriptures, maybe on a, uh, you know, like a, a break at work, or maybe you have some time between putting your kids uh, to bed for a nap or at night, that you have a chance to kind of read a few scriptures um, and really have your soul blessed. So, um, to encourage you to do that because the more that we know about the scriptures or why we do what we do, why we believe as we do, this makes it possible for us to continue forward in the faith. And many times people fall away from the faith because they don't have a strong foundation, because they're not consistently building on that foundation with the word of God. And you see how strong and important it is to have that foundation. Um, and you can read more about that um, can actually listen to the Bible study. It's called The Fallen. And if you look at that one, it's really talking about the importance of having, you know, a strong foundation. There's also another Bible study that is called Don't Leave. And this is another one that talks about the importance of how we really need to have a strong foundation because certain things are going to happen and we are going to have times of falling away. So we know that. So let's go ahead and get into this Bible study. We're going to read in 1 Samuel, that's going to be chapter 3, and we're going to start at verse 2. So I'm going to start reading now. And it came to pass at that time, when Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes began to wax dim, that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel laid down to sleep. Now, um, this seems like a pretty generic scripture, but I think it's a really powerful one. It gives us a great illustration of something that we will see throughout our lives and that we'll see throughout the lives of other people. And I'm going to point that out in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3, um, verse 2. It literally says that um, his eyes began to wax dim, that he could not see. So it means that he had bad vision or he was blind. So Samuel, I'm sorry, Eli right now, he's an older man and his vision has gotten so bad that he's really not able to see. But the Bible goes a step further to tell us in the um, in verse number three in this chapter, it says that when the light or the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, that he couldn't see it. He couldn't see it. So his eyes had gone so dim and so bad that he couldn't see that the lamp of God had gone out uh, in the temple. Now, that's not supposed to go out. That's supposed to stay burning at all times. And it's his job to make sure that that light is still burning. And it's showing us that because his eyes were so bad, he couldn't see that. Now, remember, it's at night, so all the lights are out. So the only thing that's really kind of giving light right now is that lamp. I want you to get that idea. Now, we're not saying he's exactly in the same room where the lamp is, but you know how it is when you have a little light on somewhere in your house. Even if it's as small as your cell phone, it's brightening up. 
particular area and they're saying his eyes were so bad in the scripture that he couldn't see that the lamp had gone out so that's really important and he had become so you know and and i really want to sort of hone in on this idea of vision this idea that you're not able to see what is evident and that happens a lot of times this happens with people this happens with of worship this happens with nations this happens with um, families this happens in relationships sometimes you know you're so accustomed to not seeing it or overlooking certain things that you don't see that the light went out you don't see that the lamp went out your eyes become so bad your, your ability to see your vision has become so bad that you can't see that the light went out and you know he had become so accustomed to sort of overlooking evil if you can remember the house of Eli who was doing some pretty sketchy things you know that he didn't even perceive that God had moved on he just didn't see it God had picked up his things and found someone else and this scripture specifically talks about how God is now turning to Samuel he's reaching out to Samuel and he's talking to Samuel now Samuel was a man that was in Eli's house. Remember, if you can remember the story of Hannah, how she promised, you know, her son. You know, Hannah had come to the temple and she had promised her son to the Lord. And so now Samuel is living in the temple and right underneath his eyes, right underneath his nose, the new man is right there who's going to be the one that God is going to be talking to. Um, And, you know, mother Hannah had come to the temple I want us to get a picture of really what was going on why was it that the old man couldn't see and why was it that the light the lamp went out and he just kept on sleeping he didn't even know why is it that the Lord is now calling into the ear of Samuel at night and we're gonna look back at Samuel's mother remember when we read there's a, a Bible study that we did recently it's called Hannah's song if you have a chance uh, to read that it's a powerful um, Bible I'm sorry to, to hear that one it's a, pi- a powerful Bible study that I think really has a lot of um, parallels in our life and we can learn from it but if you can remember that when Hannah had come to the temple you know Eli had thought that she was drunk he thought that she was drunk even though she was praying you know extraordinarily and and just you know before the Lord and you know you know I gotta tell you something now why would a drunk woman be at the temple I mean like really stop and think about this why would a drunk woman be at the temple you know and you know I I want you to notice also his attitude about a drunk woman being at the temple he's dismissive you know but it seems he's accustomed to the behavior because if you can remember what he said he was just kind of like woman when will you put away your alcohol you know And if you can remember, he allowed his sons, who were also priests, to just kind of run amok in the daily administration of the temple. And and such things kind of dim your eyes to the the absurdity of having a drunk woman in the temple. You know, like, why would a woman be just drunk in the temple, you know? Um, I think these are things that we forget to look at it in context. I want us to um, look at 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 12. As she continued praying for before the Lord, that Eli marked her mouth. How now Hannah, she spoke in her heart only, her lips moved, but her voice.
voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said to her, How long will you be drunken? Put away your wine from you. You know, you have to ask yourself, who goes to church drunk or high? Who goes to the temple drunk or high? <laughs> you know, that's that's crazy. Or or maybe people do, but who goes so high and so drunk that it's obvious? You know, what was going on in the temple that the priest could easily assume that the woman was nearly drunk, just cavorting about madly in the temple? You know, that's really power to think, powerful to think about. He didn't think she was praying. He didn't think she was doing anything holy. The first thing he thought was, this lady is drunk. <laughs> you know, this, this tells us something about what was going on in the temple. So much was going wrong in the temple in Israel. It, it had to be because when the spiritual side is bankrupt and that which is supposed to be the moral guide, then there is no place of righteousness and justice. Justice starts in the house of God and judgment starts there too. And during this time, that was gone. And Eli let his sons run wild. If he was turning a blind eye to his own sons, imagine what atrocities he was ignoring in the land of Israel. Just kind of think about that. His own sons had become a god to him. He would not confront them and correct them. They needed to be sat down. They needed to be dealt with according to scripture. But he wouldn't do it. And most people start making excuses for everyone when they won't correct their own sin. You know, we know this is all true. They say, you know, only God can judge me and what about you? You're not perfect. It could be you tomorrow, you know, but that is not the position of a man of God. So the nation languished under Eli's gods, which were essentially his sons. The rebellion in the priesthood under Eli at that time was so bad that the Lord raised up a holy man that was not even from the house of Levi, the priestly order. A pathrite from the half tribe of Ephraim, a son of Joseph. I want you to think about that. God isn't even looking in the house of Levi anymore. He's like, things have gone so wrong. Let me go get this guy over here. And think about this Eli's mother was so righteous. She was there praying that even the priests didn't even believe. Things were so bad in terms of the religious climate that the priest didn't even think she was praying. He's thinking nobody could be praying that long. Think about that atmosphere. This guy's a priest. How could he not think she could be praying that long? That was his job, you know, to be thinking that, that to be praying for a long time. So let's go ahead and look at 1 Samuel 1 and 1. Now there was a certain man of Ramathamizothan of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth, an Epaphrathite. I think it's interesting here, when we read 1 Samuel 1 and 1, that, that it seems that whenever God is going to do a new thing or make a transition in Israel, he uses someone from the house of Joseph, particularly Ephraim, to do it. Naomi was an Epaphrathite. She brought Ruth, that would conceive the line of Jesus Christ. Samuel, who would be the first true prophet that would announce the first king of Israel. And Joseph led the move of Israel to Egypt. You know, here we see that God is going outside of the temple to bring correction and direction, righteousness, back to the temple and back to Israel. Because at this time, the kids were not all right. 
Mordecai's sons had gone mad and he was allowing it. The temple had become a long-running episode of priests gone wild. And we can see this when we look in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 3, verse 13, when the Lord spoke to Samuel, these are the words that the Lord said about Eli and his house. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows, because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. God plainly told Eli why he would do it. He used Samuel to do it as well. In that verse where the Lord first called Samuel when he was a young man, but what really blows my mind about this story is that in the time between the prophecy and its actual actualization, Eli never attempted to correct his sons still. He never tried to stop them. He never told them what you've done is wrong. You know, Eli's sons are out here sleeping with these women and, you know, taking the offerings and he knows they're doing wrong. They're with everybody's wife. <laughs> they're the, the priests with everybody's wife. And they're the priests stealing all of the offerings and, you know, sort of enriching themselves. And yet, he still does nothing. He knows better. He knows better. The rot had gone too far. The old man could not see for himself that the light had gone out in the lamp, in the temple. His eyes were dim. Sin blinds. Indifference. Lack of care and concern. These blind the eyes. It blinds you to what is obvious, to what is coming, to the fact that the Lord has departed. In the Bible, Jesus was always giving men sight because your ability to see, to see clearly, is critical. It's everything. When the eyes or the eyes of your heart are blind, you can't see what is obvious. Things look a certain way. You see men as trees. You can't know when your demise is at hand. You know, and, and that's the problem sometimes we see is that, you know, people can't see what's coming. And sin is going to blind you from seeing what is coming. That is why it's important for us as believers to always be looking into the word so that we can see the truth, so that we're not blindsided. You know, and that's really very, very powerful to do. I want to remind you that there was this king in the days of Daniel who was blind. He wasn't blind literally, but he was blind. The Bible says that pride deceives the heart. It literally says that. But this king, he had been lifted in pride. He felt like his kingdom would never fall. He felt like he was untouchable. He felt like he could do anything. He had a great kingdom. Let's be clear. He had a lot going for him. No one will take that away from him. He was powerful. But he had become prideful too. He forgot that it was God that lifts men up and puts them down. He forgot that it was God that makes a kingdom. And so he really kind of had become deceived by the pride of his heart. And one day a hand appeared and wrote on the wall. And it was Daniel that had to translate it. And that writing told the king that his kingdom was over. And you know, God always sends someone before he does anything. I think that's wonderful about God. He's such a loving, merciful, and kind God. He loves everyone. He loves everyone so much. It's sometimes sad that we can't see God's love. I think 
that's probably the status I won't say it's the saddest thing I mean maybe for me I think about it because I feel like love is so powerful so good it's so sad when people can't see God's love for them sometimes when the things he's saying to them and he's trying to warn them about is because he loves you and he told this guy that his kingdom was over you can't let your lo- your eyes grow dim don't let your eyes grow dim that's what I want to encourage you as a believer don't let your eyes grow dim to sin don't let your eyes grow dim to injustice don't let your eyes grow dim to unrighteousness don't let your eyes grow dim to compassion your eyes grow dim to it because when that happens it's easy to overlook the critical thing that when the light goes out and the lamp and the lord has departed and you don't even know it you don't even see it so this is a lesson for all of us it starts at us first as believers always you know consider your life i remember my mother used to tell me all the time about a scripture she says the bible says that david says lay you know on your bed and examine your heart every day every day examine your ways and i want to encourage us all to do that to stop and think about what we're doing and what's happening it's possible for you know um someone to kind of lose sight it's possible for many people to lose sight we watch nations lose sight we watch you know religious houses lose sight we watch um Families lose sight, relationships, marriages lose sight of what is true and what is good. And when your eyes grow dim, you can't see that the light has gone out in the lamp. No matter what, it took Samuel to come along and tell him, hey, the lights went out. Hey, the Lord has departed. And that's the tragic part. Let us not be that way. Let us stay on our our and reading the word of God and studying it's not a warning because you should be afraid it's because God wants you to grow he wants you to do better he doesn't want the light to go out he wants you to be an overcomer so let us endeavor to do that let us share with each other and exhort each other and let us learn from Eli let us learn from Samuel so I want to thank you so much for tuning in Um, definitely if you'd like to support me you can or if you'd like to leave me a message, you can do that on Twitter. Um, you can also leave messages here at uh, Anchor FM, and you can just leave me a voice message. So that's one thing you can do. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you.